AFTO, a conversation with Topher Phil Green discussing bulking food repacking during COVID-19. People really, really want to serve. Um, there's, we've never had a higher just like, hey, how can we come do this? Can we come package food? You know, where can we go? Because the need became just great overnight. Um, mm-hmm. And so we've done a couple things. One is we have a site down in Argentine, Kansas, which is an inner city part of Kansas, Kansas City, uh, where there's pretty big Latino population and we have a kind of an outreach down there. We call it the snack shack, but it's just a place where kids can come and hang. Well, we had to shut that down. So that was shut down. And, but that meant we had a room, a nice room that was, you know, about 20 by 30 completely secluded. We were able to secure a, it's in a strip mall kind of a, a thing. We were able to secure the, this place right next door, which is about the same size. So we literally created two rooms that were right next to each other. And then what we said is we can't do any big packaging anymore, you know, where you have thousands of people in a room and everybody's doing, the, you know, you can't do that anymore. It's got to be small groups. It has to be a family unit that is quarantining together. And so, and of course they have to come in, they have to wear masks. You know, we have them do a pre-registration. Of course we have the health screen that they do. We've added to that health screen you know, have you been exposed to anybody? Have you traveled anywhere? You know, all the, the typical things that you're seeing. And we take their temperature when they walk in the door. Everybody gets their temperature taken. And, and so that's been added to our normal health screen before anybody does the packaging. And then um, every single person wears a mask and gloves the whole time that they're doing it, including the one person who's the facilitator who kind of makes sure they're doing it right. And they, they're wearing a glove and mask, but they're standing 10 feet away. So it's kind of like a family of, you know, six or seven come in or a family of four. And we had one family of three, you know, and they're doing a, they're doing a packaging line that normally you'd have 10 to 12 people on and they're doing it at three people. So they didn't get a lot done, but they love serving. And so what we did is we created two rooms and then, and we would schedule them in alternating 30, 30 minute uh, sessions, you know, so we could kind of get one going and then in the next group, they would wait in the parking lot and then we would have them come in and do all the check-in and, get them going. And, and so almost immediately, once we have those two rooms set up, we sent a a message out to our database, like, Hey, here's how your family can serve. And of course, by this time we were, you know, we were three weeks into kind of the lockdown. This is, you know, late March, uh, early April. And I'll tell you what, I mean, people just wanted to get out of their house and they wanted to serve and we were just booked up solid almost immediately. And so that's why we did it for, uh, almost six weeks is, is that's the way that we did it. And, um, so that's, that's been going on here all the way until June. And then just here recently in June, uh, we've instituted a, a same thing, same similar, but what, what used to be, we said, you have to be with your nuclear family that you've been quarantining with. Mm-hmm. Now we're allowing, allowing that to expand to a group of 12. So it's a small group of 12, same system, masks, gloves, all that kind of stuff, small room, no big packaging. Uh, and so, yeah, that's the way we've done it. Do changes in protocol protect the volunteers? When you're doing that packaging line, you know, you're all touching the bag, you're all touching. There's a lot of people that are touching that thing as it goes through. So so to me, it's not about protecting the end user. You know, first of all, it's going to go into a box and it's going to sit in that box for several days. If if there's any virus on it, it's not going to live very long. Um, But it's more about when, when a group comes in, you know, they're going to be in an enclosed space, which, you know, we know this virus most easily passes in an inside small enclosed space where you're breathing each other's air. So really it's all about protecting each other. That's really what this is all about. How is COVID-19 guidance different for events? 
Yeah, I think the only change would be in our health screen. You know, it used to be we asked for, you know, have you had any diarrhea or vomiting, you know, those kinds of things. Now we're asking, have you been exposed to COVID? What's your temperature? You know, just there's a, so that's one big change. That is definitely a change. Um, and then the other one is wearing masks. You know, before we didn't have people wear masks and now we do. <laughs> other than that, really, it's pretty much the same. How have the volunteers reacted to the change? I, I can speak from experience here because I'm a, I'm a father. I have four kids and three of them are in college. Uh, and so when this thing hit, they all came home, which was a blessing in disguise. I mean, it's, a, it's something I'll never get back again to have those kind of days with my, my older kids that, you know, were essentially on their own. Uh, and so we found a lot of families. It was very meaningful to come and serve together. Uh, you know, it's just different when you're in a room with a thousand people and everybody's having fun. I mean, it's still serving, but there's something about a family that's living together, getting in their car, driving down to the inner city part of Kansas City to serve the need that it's not going to be like in some pantry two months from now or and it's not going overseas. It's like, no, this is going to serve someone's need tomorrow, you know, because it's on the news. I mean, you know, especially in this particular part of Kansas City, because it's a high percentage of, of Latino population that... that the, the shutdown hit restaurants and food service, which is where they primarily, that's a big part of their employment. It hit that place hard. And so we have, um, we partner with a local food bank called Harvesters here in Kansas City, and they do some of these food distributions. Mm -hmm. And this is where it's in a parking lot and they're primarily distributing fresh food. And so uh, it's not part of our something to eat program, but it is something that we'll get volunteers and you know, we'll serve 350, 400 families in a couple hours. And I watched, you know, two or three weeks into the COVID shutdown, you know, mothers just like, this is, this is it. This is my only food. And, you know, literally so thankful. And we were able to use harvesters, fresh food, which we were able to put into their trunk. But then we were also able to give them something or, or something neat packaging uh, that we had done the day before. How are you working with inspectors? I mean, most of the inspectors are, have their hands pretty full. And um, usually when the inspectors want to see something is when there's a big thing, you know, and it's on the news and you're renting out a, you know, a big arena or something like that. Um, most of this stuff is so small and they, they see the AFTO guidance document and they're like, good, <laughs> you're doing good things. And it's pretty easy. You walk in and it's, it doesn't take more than about two seconds of looking around to go like, all right, this is, this is pretty safe. <laughs> How is the need growing because of COVID-19? You know, the need is huge out there. Um, you know, it's, it's always interesting when we go through a national crisis, you know, whether it's a, a man-made one or, a, you know, something like a hurricane, you know, it often exposes the most vulnerable among us and it exposes what's already there. And so, unfortunately, the most vulnerable populations are who are being hit the hardest long-term. You know, there's many of us that have been able to work from home or, you know, our job, we got furloughed or we got unemployment or we were able to go back and, you know, get some income coming in. But m many of the population we work with, it's been a long, long haul. So it's been a privilege to be a part of the, the solution in Kansas City. For more information, visit afto.org.